going to talk about public education tonight as it is critical. As, you know, people seem to think that they can mess with you just because why? I mean, a public program, I've never had my rights infringed upon until I got here in Nevada because what they seem to think is that they can restrict me from going live on Facebook and stop me from having the conversation. I want to have a conversation tonight because here in Nevada, it's really rather sad. So many African-American children don't have access to public education. Why? Because their behavior impedes them from being successful in the public education system. What they've done here is they've managed to deny children the right to benefit based on their inability to complete tasks. And, you know, that's not what education, all education is about modifying one's behavior. And once you learn how to modify it, then you learn the routine, you learn the skill, and then, you know, you move to the next step. But it's really called foundational training. And early start, like you would learn how to do group and circle and how to cut paper and how to raise your hand and how to take turns and you know there's a certain level of social construct that we learn in the early grades how to participate how to engage but then it comes down to the basics how to read how to write how to comprehend how to use your executive functioning skills to put together a presentation or perhaps become expressive in your language or whatever you know if you want to do whatever you have the ability to simply because skills are learned and this is learned behavior but when someone would just document you and then remove you from public services and just as they thought it was going to be so easy to remove me from Facebook I haven't been removed from Facebook I have not gotten a warning and Facebook is for social oh what can I say communication Can I help it that I have people on my Facebook that listen? No, it doesn't really matter. The real reality is, is that this is 2021. I live in America and I'm an American citizen. And I don't believe people value that like I value it. I have rights. I have a right to freedom of speech. I have my rights to freedom of religion. I have an understanding specifically to understand that all children have a right to learn. But if your child is not learning and your child has been given letter grades of F, that means failure and still promoted. Well, this I see as criminal behavior because guess what? People are getting a payday. Lots of people are getting a payday. And who decides their payday? They do. Why? Because they work under the local control. Who is local? Well, wake up. Look at that man in the mirror. I think Michael Jackson was trying to tell it to you. I mean, you know, he was looking for the man in the mirror. He found him too. And they found him just like they found Prince, just like they found Whitney, just like they found Whitney's daughter. All that money is going where? Think about it. In 2021, the word is equal unum. Out of many, there's one, but out of one, there's none. But I am a part of the many. You see behind me? Two brothers that ain't here no more. Okay. And I'm still standing. A breast cancer survivor? Yes. But, you know, making my devices so hot with them EMF waves, don't get it so cool with me. 
And just because you didn't want to post the post and didn't want to share the post, the devices get hot. They don't stay hot all the time, but they do get hot. When they get hot, I put them down. The real reality is, do we even know what country this is anymore? Because I don't believe it's a country called America that I know. It's not an America and I know that people could go off and celebrate when 88% of the children in juvenile hall look like them. But they're celebrating Juneteenth. When did freedom come to them? I don't know. Because I can't explain how every year 12th graders get out of public school and cannot have a job because they are functionally illiterate. And the people who pay taxes, well, what are they saying? Not a word. So I started my podcast. It's on Anchor. And then I was sharing on Facebook. And Facebook has never really personally attacked me. But somehow I had somebody that was all in my shit. I mean, digging all in videos that I shared in 2018 and decided to restrict my ability to share and communicate effectively. I'm an effective communicator. I would like to know who is screwing with me. As an American citizen, I have a right. And if you don't believe I have a right, hey, what can I say? This is America. This is America. And I am still here. talk about public education tonight as it is critical as you know people seem to think that they can mess with you just because why I mean a public program I've never had my rights infringed upon until I got here in Nevada because what they seem to think is that they can restrict me from going live on Facebook and stop me from having the conversation I want to have a conversation tonight because here in Nevada, it's really rather sad. So many African-American children don't have access to public education. Why? Because their behavior impedes them from being successful in the public education system. What they've done here is they've managed to deny children the right to benefit based on their inability to complete tasks. And, you know, that's not what education, all education is about modifying one's behavior. And once you learn how to modify it, then you learn the routine, you learn the skill, and then, you know, you move to the next step. But it's really called foundational training. And early start, like you would learn how to do group and circle and how to cut paper and how to raise your hand and how to take turns. And, you know, there's a certain level of social construct that we learn in the early grades, how to participate, how to engage. But then it comes down to the basics, how to read, how to write, how to comprehend, how to use your executive functioning skills to put together a presentation or perhaps become expressive in your language or whatever, you know, if you want to do whatever, you have the ability to simply because skills are learned and this is learned behavior. But when someone would just document you and then remove you from public services, and just as they thought it was going to be so easy to remove me from Facebook, 
I haven't been removed from Facebook. I have not gotten a warning. And Facebook is for social, oh, what can I say? Communication. Can I help it that I have people on my Facebook that listen? No, it doesn't really matter. The real reality is, is that this is 2021. I live in America and I'm an American citizen. And I don't believe people value that like I value it. I have rights. I have a right to freedom of speech. I have my rights to freedom of religion. I have an understanding specifically to understand that all children have a right to learn. But if your child is not learning and your child has been giving, given letter grades of F, that means failure and still promoted. Well, this I see as criminal behavior because guess what? People are getting a payday. Lots of people are getting a payday. And who decides their payday? They do. Why? Because they work under the local control. Who is local? Well, wake up. Look at that man in the mirror. I think Michael Jackson was trying to tell it to you. I mean, you know, he was looking for the man in the mirror. He found him too. And they found him just like they found Prince, just like they found Whitney, just like they found Whitney's daughter. All that money is going where? Think about it. In 2021, the word is Ipurubis Unum. Out of many, there's one, but out of one, there's none. But I am a part of the many. You see behind me, two brothers that ain't here no more. Okay. And I'm still standing. A breast cancer survivor? Yes. But you know, making my devices so hot with them EMF waves, don't get it so cool with me. And just because you didn't want to post the post and didn't want to share the post, the devices get hot. They don't stay hot all the time, but they do get hot. When they get hot, I put them down. The real reality is, do we even know what country this is anymore? Because I don't believe it's a country called America that I know. It's not an America and I know that people could go off and celebrate when 88% of the children in juvenile hall look like them. But they're celebrating Juneteenth. When did freedom come to them? I don't know. Because I can't explain how every year 12th graders get out of public school and cannot have a job because they are functionally illiterate. And the people who pay taxes, well, what are they saying? Not a word. So, I started my podcast. It's on Anchor. And then I was sharing on Facebook. And Facebook has never really personally attacked me. But somehow, I had somebody that was all in my shit. I mean, digging all in videos that I shared in 2018 and decided to restrict my ability to share and communicate effectively. I'm an effective communicator. I would like to know who is screwing with me. As an American citizen, I have a right. And if you don't believe I have a right, hey, what can I say? This is America. This is America. And I am still here. regular processes for making subgrants, uh, which include attaching similar assurances as the ones that states agreed to in their grant award notification. Thanks. 
Um, here's the second question. Does the May 24th allocation deadline apply only to the first uh, pot of money or the first tranche from the ESSER allocation of the ESSER allocation from the department? It does. And at the same time, the grant award notification also requires that SDAs uh, inform LEAs of their total allocation uh, under both of the uh, both the first set of funds that's already been released and the remaining funds that will be released. Thanks. Here's another one. If the SGA has already um, developed and released an application and award process and they're preparing to award the funds by May 24th, but the LEA application didn't include or contain all of the necessary components, must the SGA require the LEA to submit a second ESSER application? Yes, it's absolutely fine if some of that information comes in earlier and some comes in later from the LEA to the SEA. We anticipate that um, districts will be providing some information in some cases sooner and then some cases as they go about the planning that's required under the interim final requirements and in the uh, outline in the state application, which includes critical provisions like stakeholder engagement. So in that case, is the 90-day um, LEA deadline that's described on page 13 of the state plan document, is that referring to 90 days from the LEA receiving its first ESSER allocation or 90 days from the state receiving its allocation? So the deadline for LEAs to submit must be reasonable as we described in the rule and in the application and it should be within 90 days of the LEA getting its allocation, and the states will be determining that timeline, again, in accordance with those provisions. And if our state, if a state had a, a deadline that was longer than 90 days for LEAs to submit their ESSER applications, are they now required to, is the state now required to shorten that timeline? Yeah, so again, the same answer would apply. That the timeline must be reasonable. And, and one of the things that we would look to is does the timeline reflect the necessary urgency um, that we know we share with states and districts about making sure that these resources are available to support uh, students in schools? Thanks. That's it for now. Next slide. screen that my whatever player back ticket is not valid for this session. Hey happen. Jane, it's Michelle, you're on mute. Please unmute your device. So, Thank you. Uh, so let me let me go back and say again, um, we know that everyone has access to the state application plan template, but we do want to spend some time walking through it and highlighting some of the goals that the department has in each of the sections. We want to talk a little bit about the kind of information we're hoping to receive and encourage states to provide in their application and why we think it's important. So the first section in A is progress and promising practices. So here we want to understand the progress that states have made over the last year in supporting students and educators in schools. We understand that states have done a lot and we wanna know what they believe has been most effective and that the rest of the nation can learn from. The second is the overall priorities. 
So building on the promising practices and the progress made, we want to know what you have identified as your priorities as we move forward. So what do you look to do for the remainder of this school year as well as into the summer and next fall? And then finally, we want to understand the specific needs of underserved students. If you could go to the next slide, please. So the ARP ESSER application identifies individual student groups and wants the state to explain how they're going to be meeting the needs of these underserved students, how these students will be supported. So those include students from low-income families, students from racial, each racial and ethnic group, gender, English learners, children with disabilities, students that are experiencing homelessness, children and youth in foster care, migratory students, and other groups that have disproportionately been impacted by the pandemic and that has been identified by the state education agency. So that might include youth that are involved in the criminal justice system, students who have missed the most in-person instruction during the, the previous school year, and students who did not consistently participate in remote instruction uh, as buildings were closed, and then LGBTQ students as well. So throughout the application, when we refer to underserved students, we are referring to these student groups. Next slide, please. Finally, in section A, we also want to understand the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on those, uh, those students. And then also want to understand what the school operating status is. So I'm going to pause for just a second to emphasize the importance of transparency in operational status. Um, as you know, the administration has put a high value on understanding the, the status of instructional modes, whether it is fully in-person, hybrid, or fully remote. And now we want some more information about the operating status across local education agencies. And we also want to think about how that is consistent with some of the disparities that we're seeing in student groups, those that are participating in in-person instruction now and asking more questions and doing some critical thinking about how that impacts priorities or moving forward. Next slide, please. Thank you. So section B of the application is focused on safely reopening schools and sustaining their safe operations. So first, it includes support for local educational agencies or LEAs and how the state education agency is supporting them in implementing to the extent practical prevention and mitigation policies that are aligned with the guidance from the CDC. Second, we're looking at the safe return to in-person instruction and continuity of service plans. Um, so with this, we're, we're thinking about how states are supporting local education agencies with meeting the requirements of the American Rescue Plan, 
how they're ensuring uh, that local education agencies are posting the plans as required and described in the IFR and reviewing those plans. Next slide, please. In Section C, we are looking at the planning for the use and coordination of American Rescue Plan ESSER funds. So the first area of emphasis here is on stakeholder engagement. Period. How they are engaging in the process, what we're learning from them, and how it is impacting our plan. Next slide, please. So specifically, we're expecting there to, there to be broad public input into this plan. And that would include the stakeholders that are uh, listed on this slide. Next slide, please. And then in the next section of Part C, this is about coordinating funds across pandemic-related funding sources, as well as other related funding streams. So one key question would be whether uh, whether you have allocated and awarded your ESSER 1 and ESSER 2 money to school districts. Obviously, we believe that there is incredible urgency in making sure that those funds are allocated and available to the local education agencies and the, the students and families that are served by them. We want to better understand uh, what states, where you are in that regard. And then finally, for some really good news, um, the CERSA Act, or the CRISA uh, Act sometimes it's called, uh, the CERSA Act required that ESSER two grantees submit a six-month report. And in submission of this ARC ESSER plan, that is going to fulfill that six-month reporting requirement under the, the CERSA Act. Next slide, please. And finally, to section D. This is focused on maximizing the state level funds to support students. So here we're asking about state set-asides, the ones that Ian mentioned earlier in the presentation. And those include that at least 5% is going to address the academic impact of lost instructional time at least 1% to summer enrichment and comprehensive after-school programs uh, would receive at least 1%. And in all of those, we are looking at evidence, at the use of evidence-based intervention. Data. The other bucket around emergency needs, um, this is also from your state reserve, and we want to understand how you are planning to use those funds to build the state education agency and the local education agency capacity to make sure that students' health and safety needs are met, as well as their academic, social, and emotional needs. And through all of this, ensuring that the funds are used to implement evidence-based intervention. Evidence-based intervention. So with that, I'm going to turn to Meredith Miller, who's going to wrap up and the, the discussion of the template and then move into some next steps. So next slide and here you go, Meredith. Thanks, Jane. 
The department recognizes that the safe return to in-person instruction must be accompanied by a focus on meeting students' academic, social, emotional, um, and mental health needs, and by addressing the opportunity gaps that existed before and were exacerbated by the pandemic. In this section, section E, FBAs will describe how they will support their LEAs in developing high-quality plans for LEAs use of ARP funds um, to achieve these objectives. This includes LEA plans for how they will use ARP EPSR funds, LEA consultation, how the FDA will monitor LEA use of the funds, and how the FDA will support LEA implementation of strategies addressing educational equity. Next slide, please. The department recognizes the toll that COVID-19 pandemic has taken on the nation's educators as well as students. So this section, section F, um, FDAs will describe strategies for supporting and stabilizing their educator workforce and for making staffing decisions that would support students' academic, social, emotional, and mental health. Next slide. The department also recognizes that transparency on how our EFRA funds are used and their impact on the nation's education system is a fundamental responsibility of federal, state, and local government. So in this section, section G of the application, FDAs will describe how they're building capacity at the FDA and LEA levels to ensure high-quality data collection and reporting and to safeguard funds for their intended purposes. Next slide. Um, so that is a description very briefly of all the sections of the application. We wanted to give you an overview of our next steps and how we can support you through this process. So today was our first webinar on the state plan uh, application template. I know many of you are putting questions in the chat, which we'll collect and hope to answer. And if we can't answer today, we will try to answer in the future. You can also send your questions to SRF at ed.gov, which is the website on that slide. We also plan on having ongoing technical assistance and ed office hours. So right now our plan is to have a weekly office hour session where we're not delivering new content, but, but rather being there to answer your questions as they arise and as you're working through this process. Um, one bit of information that's new and, and we'll make sure to put in writing as well is that on May 14th, we would request that you provide notification if you as an FDA will not meet the June 7th deadline due to state requirements that preclude submission by that date. So for example, maybe you have a pre-existing state board approval requirement. Um, if you could provide that notification to us, if you have to send that, please do so um, by May 14th to the SRS mailbox and that will help us plan um, how many uh, applications we'll have by the June 7th deadline. Please also note that the applications will be posted upon receipt. So I'm going to turn it back over to Britt and Ian to answer further questions. Any Thank questions, y'all? Thanks, Meredith. The next set of questions uh, have to do with the details or the contents of the state plan. This so is the first question is regarding a new um, with the information contained in everywhere. Table A1, identifying the needs of underserved students. The SDA must break out student needs by a number of different subgroups. What if the SDA believes the needs data. for multiple subgroups? 
Yeah, we believe this is a really critical provision and I think a really helpful question. We would certainly expect that some of the strategies that states and districts um, will, will use will be consistent for different groups of students. At the same time, we believe it's essential that states and also LEAs um, use data from multiple sources to really think about how the uh, pandemic has impacted different student groups differently. And so again, while some of the strategies may be the same, we also know that the experience during the pandemic of, for example, English learners has in some ways been notably different than the experience of students with disabilities in terms of the additional supports and services that they may need. Thanks. And the IFR requires SCAs to post information on their websites on the school's mode of instruction and student enrollment data by subgroups. So we have a few questions related to that provision. If the SDA doesn't have some of the data re related to school mode of instruction and student enrollment data by the subgroup, must it start collecting the data or is there an obligation to report whatever data the SDA has? We know that states have, have already been building and in many cases already having transparency for data systems that get at the modality of, of learning across their LEAs. Um, if a state is not in a position to have that data, we definitely want to understand that state situation and understand the protocols that they're putting in place. And so we'd urge them to contact the department. Appendix, um, I believe, A um, of the state plan application template um, includes um, how the information on modality by school and enrollment by modality by student group should be made available. Um, and again, we think that that data is really critical to understanding the current circumstances in a state and the needs of the state. And related, what if the school districts don't disaggregate these data by the student subgroup? Yeah, so again, I think we'd want to really understand the situation in that particular state or LEA, um, including what data they do have, and so we'd urge them to contact the department directly. Contact the department of And what if schools are done for the school year? What data should be reported? Um, in that case, um, a state should use the most recent data available, so for example, that may be from the prior and what is what should be reported when there's a, a parent or family choice between virtual and in-person? For example, fully in-person or hybrid was extended as an option, but the families chose to keep their students in remote instruction. That's right. So in that case, we're specifically asking about enrollment. So it would be the modality in which the student is participating, um, not what was offered by a school or school district. Switching now to this uh, review of... And I'm sorry, I would just flag on that, that just to provide a little bit of context, one of the reasons why that's so important um, is in the data that the National Center for Education Statistics has been reporting from a sampling of schools. Um, we're seeing really significant disparities as recently as data from February um, in enrollment in um, in-person instruction versus fully remote instruction um, by race ethnicity, um, as well as for English learners and students from low-income families. And we think it's important for um, to have transparency about that data um, and for states to be using that data as they think about their strategies moving forward. Thank you. 
Um, switching now to talk about the department's process, can you say a little bit about what the department's process will be for reviewing and improve and approving state plans? Sure. So the department is is planning to have a process that is expeditious and that is also meaningful. We want to be able to, um, as soon as the plans come in, initiate a review ask any questions of states that are necessary, and then provide a response. And of course, the approval of the state plan um, is what then triggers the release of the remaining one-third of each state's allocation. I would note that um, there will not be peer review of uh, the applications that are submitted. They will be reviewed by the Department of Staff. Great, thanks. So now we'll move to the questions in the chat to uh, answer as many as we can today. Sure. So a few questions um, from the chat that have uh, uh, have scrolled through. So one question is, can ESSER be spent on pre-K or is the intent of the funds to only be spent on K-12? Um, ESSER can be spent on um, pre-kindergarten. It's one of the allowable uses. Um, and I would say that um, one of the things that we'll be putting out soon is a detailed um, use of funds FAQ. Um, that addresses broadly a lot of the allowable uh, uses of funds in ESSER. Um, one thing that we, of course, emphasize is the importance of early childhood education in being able to um, both address the impact of the pandemic um, as well as to address um, the educational inequities that existed prior to the pandemic. Um, so consideration of early childhood programming, um, including being able to sustain early childhood programming um, in the case of budget cuts um, is something that is uh, a, an important consideration, we hope, for states and for school districts. Uh, second question, do we understand correctly that the American Rescue Plan, ESSER state plan, should address the entire SEA set aside and not just the remaining one-third of the funds that has not been awarded? Um, yes, that, that's exactly right. The um, American Rescue Plan, ESSER state plan template is designed to get information and ask questions about the entire use of funds um, the full $122 billion in the American Rescue Plan as both what's been awarded um, and the remaining portion of the allocation that has not. It provides an opportunity for states um, to describe their holistic approach um, to the considerations and how they are thinking about the uses of the funds and beginning to use the funds. Uh, again, the stakeholder engagement that has gone into that um, and their plans moving forward in critical areas, including the three state levels. We have a question. What are the department's expectations for SEAs when an LEA does not meet a deadline or perhaps a required component of the safe return to school plan? Um, you know, one thing that we have emphasized is wanting to be um, as transparent as early as possible about what those requirements are. Um, and of course, to be able to emphasize the role of technical assistance, uh, whether it's with a state or an LEA that may have challenges with responding to any of the questions um, or um, better understanding what we're looking for in a specific question. And so um, we, that is the approach that we will continue to take. And if there are any cases where a state um, is having trouble with a deadline or needs additional information, we again urge them to contact the department directly. We have a question, when, the grant, when will the grant award um, notifications be made available to states? Um, I think this is a reference to the assurances in the uh, grant award notification or GAN that I mentioned earlier. 
Um, those have been made available to states. They were issued um, through the grant system on March 24th. They are also posted on the department's uh, website um, under the American Rescue Plan ESSER Fund. Um, I don't know if it's possible for us to put that link in the chat, um, but Britt or Jane, if it is possible, maybe we can put it in the chat. Um, and if not, we can find another way to provide it to everybody who is on the call. We have a question. With pre-award costs available, where does the urgency arise from to allocate funds without a specific plan? Um, I think that's a really important question, and I'm really glad it was asked. Um, one thing that we find is that um, LEAs are frequently hesitant to um, begin spending the funds if they have not been allocated or awarded to the LEA. Um, and that can come from uncertainty about when the funds will be awarded, um, whether they will be awarded um, by state, uh, particularly in the case where there's an appropriations or other process that has to occur first. And so having that certainty is critical in order to be able to ensure um, that school districts understand that they have the resources available to them to meet the urgent needs of students and of schools uh, right now during the pandemic. Um, and that's where our timelines and urgency uh, are rooted. We have a question, will there be guidance regarding what meaningful consultation will look like? Um, as I mentioned, um, and as was described in the presentation, uh, we really um, focus on stakeholder engagement as being a core element of the state and LEA planning process for the use of American Rescue Plan funds. Um, we include in the interim final requirements and in the American Rescue Plan um, ESSER state plan template, um, a specific list of stakeholders um, with whom a state or an LEA must consult um, as applicable. Um, and we believe that that, that is um, uh, important in order to ensure that consultation be broad and that it represents the diversity of the community within the state and the school district. Um, we also recognize that meaningful engagement can take different forms. Um, and we recognize and respect the work that states and school districts are already doing and have been doing throughout the pandemic and before the pandemic um, to engage their communities. And so we, we do not believe that one size fits all when it comes to stakeholder engagement. We do believe that, that stakeholder engagement is essential. Um, and one of the things that we look forward to seeing and being able to uh, amplify is best practices on how states and LEAs are engaging um, the diverse communities that they serve. We have a question here. When you refer to each underserved student group, are you referring to the subgroups as defined by ESSA? Um, the statute specifically speaks mm -hmm. to the, um, the groups of students each defined in um, ESSA, um, as table. well as the students experiencing homelessness and children and youth in foster care. And so in the slide, we've listed out um, the specific student groups in the um, ESSA reference in the American Rescue Plan as well as the additional groups specified in the American Rescue Plan. Um, and then we've also asked states to think about what other groups of students might be identified by the SDA um, as being an underserved group of students. And so, for example, that could include um, the students who have had the most um, lost instructional time as a result of school building closures during the pandemic. Um, it could be students who have been least able to participate in remote instruction um, during periods when remote instruction was offered. 
Um, it could be um, students in um, the criminal justice system. It could be um, LGBTQ students. It could be other groups of students that a state identifies. And so in addition to the required groups of students in the statute, we've asked states to give consideration to additional groups of students who've been underserved, um, who have been most impacted by the pandemic. And we have a question here. How do the um, four evidence-based practices levels in ESSA factor into this program? Are all four levels of evidence at play? Um, the answer is yes. We refer it to evidence-based as incorporating um, the definition of evidence-based in ESSA as well. Um, I see several questions in the um, chat um, focused on specific uses of funds. So again, we'll be issuing guidance on that shortly. We would also be happy to answer any specific use of funds questions through your state mailbox. Um, and we'd be happy to um, provide answers to state specific questions in that way. Um, I see a question in here about the American Rescue Plan um, funds for students experiencing homelessness. So I'll take a moment to talk about that. Um, last Friday, the department announced its plans for allocating and making available to states um, funding from the $800 million pot included in the American Rescue Plan um, focused on children and youth experiencing homelessness, providing wraparound services, identification, um, and enabling students to fully participate um, in school and activities. Um, we are have made available as of the very beginning of this week, the first $200 million of those funds for immediate use by state. Um, and we'll be moving to make the remaining $600 million available as early as June, um, following a rulemaking so that we can um, uh, explore making, um, using a formula basis to replace the mandatory uh, competitive subgrants from SEA to LEA that applies to McKinney-Vento funds. For the first $200 million, all of the standard McKinney-Vento provisions apply. Funds are administered by the state coordinator. Um, up to 25% can be used by the SEA um, for state uses. At least 75% must be allocated um, to LEAs um, using the competitive subgrant process. We have emphasized in um, the letter to Chief State School Officers that we issued last Friday the importance of using these funds um, quickly um, to identify students, to connect them with programming, um, and to provide support now in the spring as well as in the summer. Um, and to the extent um, that it makes sense in the state context to use um, supplements um, to existing subgrantees to get money to LEAs as quickly as possible, um, while also looking more broadly to ensure that um, areas where there are concentrations of students experiencing homelessness are able to be served with that LEA-level funding. Um, we um, have also emphasized the flexible uses of funding um, under the program, um, and um, we, uh, and I'll reiterate this here because it's relevant to our discussion around the American Rescue Plan's ESSER fund, um, have also emphasized in that communication to state chiefs that the $800 million for students experiencing homelessness is additive to the American Rescue Plan's ESSER fund. That is, our expectation and the requirement is that states um, and LEAs serve students experiencing homelessness with their American Rescue Plan ESSER funds, just as they are required to serve other groups of students most impacted by the pandemic. 
and that the specific funds dedicated to students experiencing homelessness are intended to be additive to those services provided to all students under the ESSER fund um, and not to take their place. Let me stop there and turn it back over to you. Thanks, Dean. Um, I tried to, in the chat, I provided the link to the ARP ESSER site for the department. And in, at that link, you can find the state template and the letter, all the materials that we provided regarding the ARP ESSER program. I also provided a link to the homeless program that's funded um, through the ARP. Um, and just a reminder about how to communicate to us if you do not, or if you anticipate not being able to make the June 7th uh, deadline. So please communicate by May 14th. And as Ian said, if you have state-specific questions, please continue to email your state email box. I'm just looking, Britt, uh, to, to enable the screen reader compatible um, space. I read it because it's, it's I think, um, critical to what we were talking about. Do ESSER 2 funds have to be spent before um, the American Rescue Plan ESSER funds? And the answer is no. Um, American Rescue Plan funds can be spent um, effective as soon as they are received. Likewise, um, with the ESSER 2 funds um, that came through SURSA and the ESSER 1 funds through the CARES Act, um, all three of these funds should be available to states and school districts um, and be able to be invested immediately to support the needs of students and schools. Great. And I, as Ian said, I see a number of questions around uses of funds, and hopefully your questions will be addressed through our documents. Um, but in the meantime, you can also continue to email your state mailbox, and we will take those and try to answer them as quickly as possible. Um, somebody asked if the PowerPoint will be shared or posted online. The answer to that is yes. Uh, the presentation is being recorded and it will be posted on our webpage. I can't promise the turnaround time for that, uh, but it will be posted as soon as, as we're able to get it posted. Thanks, Jane. The other information that we will be sharing as soon as we have the details is as Marilyn mentioned, we, we are planning to do some regular technical assistance opportunities where we can answer questions that have come up. So um, please uh, stay tuned for that. We anticipate being able to share information very soon about what those opportunities will be. I want to address one question about the availability of funds. This has come up on a number of occasions, and we tried to address this through our fact sheet. Um, but again, I just I just want to address it directly. The 
ARP ESSER funds, um, Congress made available through September 30th of 2023. And the tidings uh, amendment provides uh, a waiver and allows states an additional year to spend down those funds. As many of you know, and if you're familiar with um, grants through, uh, through the federal grants, there's then after that, that period, the performance period, there's a liquidation period. And that period of time is four months. So that means that you would have an additional four months to pay your bills, essentially. And then if you're interested in learning about the rules and all the um, requirements for a late liquidation, that information is posted on the department's website. Um, but we would not say that funds are available for, I think someone said, until 2029. that, um, Jane? Great, thank you, Brent. And I wanna thank Ian and Meredith, as well as our hosts. We appreciate uh, all the time that folks have taken to join us for this conversation. And we look forward to continuing to work with you through the application period and into the, the continued recovery and the support that you're providing to students and families. Thank you very much, and we look forward to continuing our work together. Bye-bye. I do, too. I look forward that to That conference. Thank you for using event services. You may now disconnect. Thank you. The presentation ended. Did I get in? Stop. First, I got to stop the recording. You guys, tune in. Learn something. Everything is online. So, good evening. I mean, good morning. It is morning still. And I think that, you know, every city or every state across this nation has an obligation to the people to understand exactly what we all should expect and more now than ever out of citizenship and what our reality is and truly what is our reality as you know within the states we don't vote we don't understand the connection between life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and when someone says that you're being mischievous and they can restrict you without any kind of trial I don't know what country that is I just don't know where I am anymore living here in Nevada so America this is um, the Department of Education's website it does exist and then talks about the American Rescue Plan it says on Thursday on Thursday March 11th you see President Biden signed into law the American Rescue Plan ARP and see there are just regulations that have to be followed look it has one here it says click on there and it takes you to the law and it takes you to a whole act behind what was the intent behind the American Rescue Plan. I just want you to understand that that is there for your use as a citizen. And then we can go back. I'm not going to do that right now. Trend Michael wants to do an update. I want to go back here. 
And then so um, you can always contact the, um, you know, the agency. And then it has what would be the ESSER funds and the homeless, look, they're for homeless people, homeless children and foster youth. And it just tells you how to, you know, how to use the money. And it just tells you everything. How for um, the Native American population, come on now. I mean, how can people be so uh, unwilling to understand that there are rules around the issuance of funding? And so when you go here, you're able to look at the grantees and their applicants. Isn't that amazing? So you're going to see who got the money, right? I guess the forecaster, just go here. And then you can just look and it tells you what the eligible applicants are. And then you can apply right here online. And I just really want you to understand that technology is so superseded everything. I mean, I'm sitting here in my kitchen and I probably could do a little bit better organizing, but I did want to share because sharing is fundamental to being an American citizen and understanding that there are legal guidelines as to how the money is issued. And you could just, you know, go through each. I mean, it tells you if the state is eligible, if the county or the city or whatever, what you have to be in order to get this money. Look, there's individual grants that people have to actually apply for. And if they don't apply, you don't get the money. It's just not free money. You understand? Just not free money. No, nothing's free. Life, liberty, and what? The Office of the Migrant Education. What is that telling you? I think we need to ensure that more people are speaking English language or whatever. But look, high school equivalency program. That would be interesting to look at. Okay. And, and uh, services to students with the high school equivalency. Oh, look, support services and activities that our HEP program can help provide students to address barriers for migrant students facing enrolling and completing higher education. I mean, what about American citizens and what kind of support? This is the same kind of support, boo. It's nothing different. But what behooves the shit out of me is how... People really don't even follow the basic guidance for, what am I telling you about? Title I. Because they don't. That's not something that they do, but it's something that they just don't do. And because they don't do it, they have not been getting additional funds. But you see, in America, there's only one office of secondary and elementary education. And there's only, it tells you that we can help you. Oh, look, there is a school ambassador fellowship program. And the governor's emergency recent. Oh, let's just look at the power of the governor, shall we? Okay. It talks about the methodology behind the funding, the emergency assistance, and it talks about, you know, services. And it just goes through, oh my goodness, fraud, waste, and abuse. Is this where we should be sharing our concerns as children are being removed from their homeschool at the age of 11 because it's a gifted and talented program. I'm just confused. I'm so confused when the commission on pupil-centered funding 
can talk about supplanting federal dollars. I'm just confused. So until we have a good understanding of what's going on here in Nevada, by a public conversation about what's been found out because there are far too many negativity things that are happening. So many kids are ending up in foster care, so much abuse of between the people. They have poor communication skills and that's just real. But I mean, quite frankly, look, there is something here that's interesting. On July 1st, 2020, that was last year, the Department of Education published an interim financial rule on the CARES Act. And it says, this is what the rule is. And it's on September the 4th, NAACP versus Betsy DeVos. Come on, y'all. The department, uh, and, and, and here's the opinion, and it has the order. But what the deal is, is that public education is for the people. So why is it that so many children are failing? And we're paying for these services. So in America, the word is e unum. And many, there's one, but out of one, there's none. So who will you be in 2021? Please like and subscribe. Follow me. I'm on Anchor. I'm on YouTube, and I'm on Facebook. Limited, but hey, still there. And uh, life is good when you know who you are. So I'm going to do another podcast in a little bit, but just want you to enjoy the day and learn a little something. So I'm going to end the recording. And I'm going to come back in a little bit.